Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the start of week nine's games. I was going to say eight, but we just did that last week. Week nine's games with Thursday night football, showdown slate props, discussing all of those angles. And look, 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 this is what we dream for in the middle of May and June is some football is Mike White versus Carson Wentz. The new, even though they just lost in overtime to the Titans, the newfound hope for the Colts since this Derrick Henry injury that maybe they can make up ground and win that division. And Eagles fans love to hear that as that means Carson Wentz plays more and better chance that they get that pick for the Carson Wentz deal. And then you get on the opposite side, Mike White, who just gave life to the city of New York for football for the first time in a in a long time, right? The first time these teams have not had much hope in a long time between the Giants and the Jets. And Michael Carter and some of the young guys getting going there. You see Elijah Moore, the rookie, finally have a good game. So this is actually, for fantasy reasons, there's a lot of players in play. I mean, the Jets are using multiple running backs. You have Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, studs, young, second-year players from the second round of last year's draft for the Colts. So let's break that all down. Let's discuss it. I have projections right now, rankings. We have this slate kind of understanding where we're at as I record this on Tuesday. Obviously, some injury news can spark up in these next couple of days. The main one being Corey Davis's status. Monday, Corey Davis was a non-participant in the estimated injury report, which is what happens on these Thursday night games for Monday. He did not play in the last game. He's going to need to see something probably on Tuesday to see if he plays. And we'll just update based on that. As of right now, I'm projecting Corey Davis not to play. So with that being said, fellas, 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 there's the subscribe button. If you tap that two seconds of your time, I appreciate that. And let's slide into now. The position by position or the salary by salary breakdown up top on this slate is Mr. Jonathan Taylor, who has just been looking fantastic. I mean, he's now getting the pass catching work, right? He's had at least three plus catches in four out of his last five games, which is very strong, which is more than we thought was going to happen coming into the year with Naeem Himes in this backfield. In the last game, three catches, 52 yards on four targets. And after last week's game of getting in the end zone on that last drive of the game to force overtime, you end up getting another game of 18 plus fantasy points. That's now for Jonathan Taylor, five straight games at 18 plus fantasy points at this price tag of 11,600 you're going to need 18 plus I've been projected for the second most points on the slate at 18 and a half it's going to keep him firmly in play on this slate I believe that he is a yes right now now his teammate Carson Wentz is my highest projected player on the slate and Carson Wentz very quietly this year has been looking very good from fantasy perspectives in terms of the showdown slates like you never really want to play him on main slates he gets you 17 points and that's about it right in seven of his eight games this year he has 17 or more DraftKings points I mean for a showdown slate 17 points is pretty solid especially when he's not 11000 or a $12,000 quarterback. He's 10800 which is reasonable. But then you jump up a little bit in the points. All right, in seven out of eight games, he's at 17 plus. How many times is he hitting 20 plus, right? Like, what is this guy's actual ceiling? Only one time this year, an overtime game that he ended up having against Baltimore on a showdown slate with 400 yards passing, right? So there's not as much of a massive ceiling there, and that makes sense for an offense that plays slow. They want to run the ball. So Carson Wentz here, in general, doesn't have a ton of playmakers out there outside of Michael Pittman. I mean, relying on Zach Pascal, Campbell's hurt, T.Y. Hilton's banged up already ruled out for this game so Carson Wentz for me at 10,800 if he's projected for more points than Jonathan Taylor and I like Jonathan Taylor he is also going to be a yes for me now I don't know how much I like I mean both of them are strong captain options on this slate these quarterbacks both of them are going to be captain options Jonathan Taylor is going to be a clear captain option I'm not sure if they're my favorite captain options Taylor's pretty close to being that Michael Pittman though is hard not to like in in like a good amount I mean you're looking at Michael Pittman now that I mean they they Ballard went and got this guy last year in the draft he's like I want this guy so badly I hope I don't think he'll fall to the second round he does the second pick of the second round and now he's slowly starting to break out here and this is what decent quarterback play from Carson Wentz so you can attribute some of that to Carson Wentz but the guys just you saw him last week and uh, that last drive in the fourth quarter to bring them to a, a potential tying touchdown which Jonathan Taylor got he's just jumping up in crowds with three guys he's a traditional right now x receiver bigger body build 
and he's had 20 plus points now in three of his last four games and in half of his games this year he scored 20 plus DraftKings points and in a couple of those games where he didn't he's getting you 13 and 14 points right he's just been so secure coming off of a fifth target game last week and oh yeah T.Y. Hilton is now going to be out Paris Campbell is still not out there Naeem Himes is not factoring into the offense all that much right now so his target competition for this game is Zach Pascal who is a he's best known for run blocking at the wide receiver position he's a slower type of receiver red zone body sure and then Ashton Doolin who has eight targets last two weeks and has not a single catch right he's getting open downfield overthrown on one of them by ones but for the most part not much target competition so now you're going up against the Jets right in this matchup which is going to be beneficial your team's projected to score 28 points four touchdowns touchdowns in this game it looks really good for Michael Pittman I think that he starts to stand out as one of the nicer especially when wide receivers have these high ceilings one of the nicer if not nicest uh captain option in mid to large field tournaments small field stuff that's where you start to get Taylor Carson once some of these secure touches become a little bit more appealing next up is Mike White and I see we got I, I mean we got a lot of yeses so far but all these guys are fairly priced so Mike White's NFL debut you probably heard all about it so far right over 400 yards the second guy ever to do that other than uh his second highest ever at 405 only guy with more in his NFL debut was Cam Newton, 82% completion, right? Nine yards per attempt. I mean, the 82% completion, how are they doing this? They were throwing a lot of screen passes. I mean, he completed like almost 10 passes, more than 10 passes when you factor in all the running backs between Ty Johnson and Michael Carter last week. Those guys caught like 15 balls. Crowder in the slot caught eight. I mean, it was a lot of screen passes. It was a lot of quick slants, but it's what you need to do. And he ended up just hitting those throws. He was precise. So now he gets to start on Thursday night football. And I mean, this guy was fine in college. I mean, he didn't play much competition. Western Kentucky, he had back-to-back 4,000 yard seasons to close out his final two years of college. He ended up averaging nine yards per attempt in college, which is a good number. So it's not like this guy was just coming out of nowhere as a terrible guy who had like no actual good college experience. This isn't Ben DiNucci, right? This is a guy who showed, yes, against far less superior competition that he was able to actually produce in college. And he was able to at least remain competent. No real rushing yards in college, never had them. Actually had, uh, when they changed the, the rule that if you get sacked, it's negative rushing yards. I was looking, he had like two, nine, minus 298 rushing yards his final year of college. So that's just a weird rule that they changed in football recently in college. But at $9,800, He's going to look like a decent play. I'm not going to put him as a yes right away because he's right next to uh, Pittman. He's not that far off from Carson Wentz, and I'll prefer those guys more. And here's the thing. Like, this was a guy, uh, now he's going in on a short week here. He's going to have to prepare in a short week. It's going to give him somewhat of a benefit because the defense doesn't have much time to even step on the practice field for the Colts and watch this tape and try and scheme against him. But there's not much to scheme. It was just these quick, short passes, and he was just tactical. And yes, he had two turnovers, but the pace of play was very high in that game. It's going to be a slower pace, pace of play in this game. I don't think he's going to have as many attempts as he had last week. So I think $9,800 is a fair price point for a guy who doesn't have much mobility and I don't expect three touchdowns or the 300 yard bonus again. Yeah, the projection for me is going to be below 16 fantasy points and just not going to prefer him to the guys above him. Next up is Michael Carter, who has been looking great. I mean, Mike White has brought alive Michael Carter and hopefully when Zach Wilson returns, that continues for a lot of my early best ball rostered teams uh, from like April, May and parts of June. But Mike White's favorite target so far, right? I mean, you're getting in week eight, nine catches, 95 yards. And then you remember, oh yeah, he's a running back, right? 13 targets. What do you do on the ground? 15 carries, 77 yards he had 28 opportunities in this game 13 targets and 15 carries again a high pace of play so a lot of touches were there because when you see what ty johnson did like ty johnson last week also had 10 opportunities and five catches and four attempts so the running backs got a lot of touches because there was just a lot of plays ran but now he has 17 catches on 22 targets the last two weeks 
the far majority of that is with Mike White. So Michael Carter, even though he's already now priced up to $8,600, he's the guy you want to be playing. He is clearly the workhorse back on this team. Tevin Coleman has missed the last two games. They're saying there's some sort of an injury. Earlier in the year, it was a personal matter. I don't know if that's related at all. I don't think so, based on the fact that one's an injury, one's a personal matter. But Tevin Coleman, assuming that he doesn't play again this week, and even if he does, I think he just takes some stuff away from Ty Johnson or sees a couple touches in his own right. Michael Carter has clearly been very productive. He's clearly a part of the offense that they want to run with Mike White, which is just kind of getting through some of these weeks and and keeping a competent offense going. So I think that he is going to be a strong play this week. Michael Carter, who I currently have projecting out for 14.4 points, which is very, very good. Now, before we keep going, I do want to let you know about the props that I've taken this week since we've talked about one of the players and it's a spoiler alert on the other player, but the props that I'm taking right now on Price Picks, Price Picks and Underdog, both sides, you should be comparing props over there on either site. And this is Price Picks right here. If you use the code SAL on your first bet, you get a free bet up to $100. We have people in the discords on Sunday night. We ended up winning around $2,700 in props on Sunday. Monday night was kind of like a wash, right? We hit one big one on uh, Daryl Williams and the completions on Danny Dimes over 20 and a half and he had 21, which was perfect. It basically made us wash out clean. Tyree Kill had his over 70, but we didn't hit the over rushing yards on Mahomes, which I thought was one of the best props on the entire year. You ended up getting there on that one. I think he had like 11 yards uh, somewhere along those lines. He should have had probably about 16. One play was called back, which was kind of brutal, but it would have been an even more of a bad beat. But this is the props that I have for this game. I have Carson Wentz over 236 and a half passing yards. I've got Wentz projecting out for about 262 yards in this game. His overall average on the season is in the 240s. So I think this is a really good spot, a beneficial matchup. Going to have an offensive line advantage here. So over 236 and a half. And then Elijah Moore, the player who so far this year, 40 and a half receiving yards. He has crossed that number twice. Once was last week when they had an increased amount of plates. But he has only crossed that number once, which was last week, when Jamison Crowder is active. There was no Corey Davis last week. Even if he doesn't play this week, last week Elijah Moore operated as the wide receiver four on this team. Behind Denzel Mims, behind Keelan Cole, and Crowder. He was significantly behind them in routes run. He only ran 18 routes. 18 routes, if you're going to continue to run that, more times than not, it's going to lead to four targets. And on his catch rate, if he catches three of those balls, I'm just going to hope that it is below, especially with the lower A dot, below 40 and a half yards, which again, the far majority of the games this year, it has been. And oh yeah, now he has Mike White. And I know what you're saying, Mike White just looked great. Yeah, okay, he just looked fine, but it's still not going to give me confidence that the wide receiver four and a team is going to cross 40 and a half receiving yards. Like, just put that into perspective. The wide receiver four on this team, and maybe wide receiver five if Corey Davis returns, and behind Michael Carter, so really, like, already the wide receiver five in the pecking order, Elijah Moore, who just can't get on the field right now, the rookie who got all the hype in the preseason because, you know, like, the New York media, when it comes to the Jets and the Giants, they have so many reporters that they they just keep all spewing the same stuff, so it makes us think that these guys are the, the second coming of uh, Calvin Johnson and obviously a different type of a build. Steve Johnson for Elijah Moore, right? Or Steve Smith or even Stevie Johnson, right? Um, but yeah, Elijah Moore right now as the fourth receiver, fifth option in the passing game on this team with Mike White, I'll take the under 40 and a half yards for any player in that predicament, especially Elijah Moore here. So what you can do there is, again, you can take these ones. You can take whichever ones you want. More props will come out as the game gets closer. Very simply, you just use the code SAL, pricepicks.com. Bam, type in the code SAL. Your first bet is free up to $100 to try it out. It's matched up for free. There you go. Let's get back into this now. We're going to talk about a little bit of Elijah Moore. We kind of just covered the whole thing on that. But we can scroll up now, and you'll see his teammate, Jamison Crowder, who Crowder's just been so solid. I mean, week in and week out, whether it was when he was on the Washington football team, now on the Jets. Maybe by the time, by the way, by the time I'm recording this, I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon before the deadline's up. Maybe Marlon Mack gets traded. He's in this game. Maybe Jamison Crowder gets traded. Like, these are guys that might actually be on the move since they have depth at the wide receiver position and don't really need Crowder for a rebuild. But Crowder, week eight, 35 routes, sees nine targets, eight catches, 84 yards. Just a very solid game. He now has six plus targets in all four games that he's played this year, seeing 19, 8, 
seven and 16 fantasy points in those four games you're just going to get a consistent target share here i mean he is the guy out of the slot that mike white is going to trust outside of like the backfield running backs who are there for checkdowns. he is very fairly priced for a receiver who you can rely on to see around six to seven targets in a game and he has very consistent hands he consistently gets open he is solid after the catch this is a player that i really like crowder is a type of player that can definitely be a captain option at 7800 Corey davis is questionable after missing week eight i currently have him projected out this week we'll see what happens did not participate in the estimator report on monday uh he's averaging 29 routes a week he has a team high seven targets per game this year and he's actually scored quietly 15 plus fantasy points in three out of six of his games he has been kind of touchdown or bust though so Corey davis he'll be in play for me he won't be a yes he'll be in play if he's indeed ready to go uh, otherwise obviously don't play him if he's out zach pascal kind of overpriced here if i'm being completely honest with you he'll remain in play because he's just going to operate as a wide receiver too with no ty hilton zach pascal is going to have to see a lot of routes and what happened last week you saw a season high eight targets but even on those eight targets just five catches 43 yards he's not operating downfield he is kind of touchdown or bust at a 6600 price tag but a team implied for 28 and a half points a guy used in the red zone and targeted in the red zone has to remain in play uh, again he scored eight or more points in five of his eight games which is solid but he just lacks downfield usage so can't be a priority play for me he does have two touchdown upside he's going to run a ton of routes he'll be on the field in the red zone the problem is he's just not like a talented player he's not getting a ton of separation especially downfield next up is ty johnson who this range is just the range of overpriced players like uh these next honestly all the way down to like zach doyle at forty six hundred dollars like this whole entire page from zach pascal to jack doyle which is about eight names if you're listening on the podcast version they're all overpriced some of them might get you there though so that's what we have to talk about ty johnson is on here at sixty four hundred dollars as the running back two on his team in a team that has an 18 implied team total as 10 point underdogs the running back two is sixty four hundred dollars i don't know when you ever see that the reason you're seeing it is because in the last two games he has 13 targets he has 11 plus fantasy points in three straight games two of those games are the last game in three weeks ago when he's scoring a touchdown so he's kind of touchdown dependent he definitely is at this price tag last week he had six targets five catches 71 yards and he found the end zone only had four rushing attempts on the ground so what you're getting here is a backup running back they're gonna run, run less plays this week right and it's just not gonna look as good so if they're running less plays and his six targets turns into four even if he's efficient for three catches for 50 yards he's 6400 like if he was 4400 yeah he's in play 5400 it's like okay he's expensive at 6400 he is he's going to just barely remain in play but i can tell you right now if i show where he's kind of ranking on this slate right now for me he's like a bottom seven play the problem is there's just so many guys coming up below him that are also overpriced one of those guys is his teammate elijah moore that we just talked about we don't have to go more in depth on it but this is the wide receiver four in an offense and if you factor in that michael carter and the running backs are ahead of him in the checkdown game the fifth option in the passing game based on the last couple of weeks especially last week when guys like mims and keelan cole and crowder all ran 35 plus routes and he ran half of that at 18 routes and then if Corey davis is able to return it looks even worse for Elijah Moore right now so Elijah Moore again another player who will remain in play because if he runs 18 routes and finds the end zone he can actually be viable for you right like Evan Ingram was a terrible play on Monday Night Football he had like three catches for 15 yards he was exactly what I said not going to do much he's going to be touchdown or bust but he found the end zone so he ended up scoring like 10 fantasy points which wasn't bad for that slate but factoring everything in he was a terrible play he wasn't getting separation he wasn't used downfield he just found luck box basically the end zone that's what all these players are going to have to do right like Ty Johnson Elijah Moore these guys are going to have to find the end zone to pay off their price tags at the usage that they're seeing Zach Pascal a little different because he's actually running 30 plus routes a week so Elijah Moore another guy who for me projects out for like seven and a half fantasy points so he's going to project out for like the same points as the kickers but he's two thousand dollars more expensive right so we keep going down another overpriced player actually even more overpriced than all the names we've talked about is Naeem Himes Naeem Himes right now is losing his role to Jonathan Taylor who's showing he can actually catch passes so he had five targets which I believe was he had one six target game earlier in the year but five targets caught four of them for 22 yards only one attempt on the ground this was one of the better games that Naeem Himes has had in a while this was a 
team that was trailing for parts of this game to Tennessee and needed to throw the ball to running backs, and Jonathan Taylor was on the field and not Naeem Himes in that fourth quarter towards the end of the game when they needed it. It was Jonathan Taylor and not the checkdown guy who's supposed to be in there. So he's losing his role right now. He has not topped six points since week three, and he's only done that twice this year. So at this price point, yet again, he is touchdown or bust. I mean, right now he is as close to a no as it gets. Um, I mean, he really is. Like at this point, he is seeing a worse role than Ty Johnson, who is even more expensive than him. So Naeem Himes for me projects out for 6.6 points. It makes him a pretty bad play. Like putting him as a no one here is, I think, justifiably so. I'll probably end up getting like 10%, but we'll just put him as a no to start to make some differences. Uh, the, I would say, second worst play on the slates right now, factoring in guys that actually play, is $5,200 Mo Ali Cox. I mean, again, this price range is just insanely overpriced. He ran a season high 21 routes, which is crazy that that's a season high for a $5,200 player, which led to five targets a season high but he got no balls right so no balls on those he's only top 10 fantasy points once this year and when he did that it was a two touchdown game on just 12 routes you're going to get in this game about 14 routes run out of Mo Ali Cox. You're going to see zero to two targets. At $5,200, he probably has to score two touchdowns to pay off for you. Because even if he's catching two balls, 12 yards, and a touchdown, the Kyle Rudolph game from the other night, right? And he's getting you out there for like eight or nine fantasy points. It's not terrible, but that's like best case scenario. At $5,200, it's still not that good. So Mo Ali Cox, for me, I have him projecting out for only five fantasy points. Not good. I mean, the usage just isn't there. I don't know how he's this expensive. We scroll down now, and the Colts' defense is on here. Um, they're expensive at $5,000, but I think it's justifiably so against Mike White for defense that continues to put up fantasy scoring one way or the other getting pressure a very underrated pass rush ranking the top half of the league borderline top 10 in pass rush right now everything else is not that great but the pressure is the thing you're looking for against a an experienced quarterback so they're okay and if you know my content i'm going to always prefer um just pass catching options over defenses but in this range there's really not many options because all the other guys are overpriced another guy who's massively overpriced is jack doyle like i again these tight ends i, I don't know eventually one of these guys is going to pay off like all these names we're talking about from uh, ty johnson elijah moore pascal naeem himes molly cox jack doyle like one of them probably pays off because there's just so many of them odds are on a showdown slate one of them is going to be in a winning lineup they're all kind of touchdown or bust so, like which one scores a touchdown right but jack doyle at forty six hundred dollars coming off of a game where he scored a touchdown he had a season high 31 routes but still only produced two catches 12 yards and a touchdown why because he doesn't get separation he doesn't run downfield he's not doing too much he only has five total catches since week three most weeks you're getting jack doyle to run like 18 routes and see zero to two targets i don't know how he's 4600 jack doyle should be in the two thousand dollar range a mo ali cox should be in the three thousand dollar range they're not in those ranges right now i currently have jack doyle projecting out on this slate as the second worst play only behind jeff smith jeff smith who i have projected for 0.4 fantasy points on the jets a wide receiver so basically the worst play on the slate the kickers they're both here they're both in play especially when we just talked about every other player above them in the price range being overpriced. If one of these kickers can get to close to 10 points, 8 to 12, they're probably in a winning lineup on this type of a slate. But the overpriced players continue with Tyler Croft at $4,000. He returned to action for his first time in about a month. He ran 25 routes. He caught a touchdown, but only two catches, 20 yards on two targets. He had seven targets in four games so far this year, resulting in just 40 yards. Again, another player who is just clearly touchdown or bust. I have him right now projecting out for 3.5 points. I think he's a better play than Jack Doyle because he's cheaper by $600. I basically have them having a similar role in this game, seeing about one to two targets and catching one to two balls for about 15 yards. So that's where my projections are on those guys. Braxton Berrios will be, it, it's tough. Like we, we just talked about how Elijah Moore was the wide receiver for last week. Again, if Corey Davis returns, all these guys get bumped down one. But last week without Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios operated as the wide receiver five. And again, those running backs are going to be ahead of him. So in that game last week, he ended up running running only 11 routes total in his three previous games before last week last week he ran 13 routes he scored the touchdown wouldn't have even would not have even happened if keelan cole's touchdown
on stud. But there's just no way you can play Braxton Berrios. In this game where there'll be significantly less plays just on the law of averages than that last game, you're probably going to get Berrios to run anywhere from probably four to six routes, see zero to one targets at $3,800. You would have to have like a 30-yard touchdown, a 20-yard touchdown to pay that off on his one target. I'm just going to say that doesn't happen. Jets defense at $3,000. Uh, I'm just not interested. If, if you want to play the Jets defense at $3,000, go for it. Hope for the pick six, something like that. I'm just going to prefer these guys below the Jets defense where we finally get to some value plays, right? That five, six, and four K range, and even lots of the three K range and all of it really just to the players, two of the players, Jets defense and Barrios are terrible plays. But now we start to get to some actual value on this slate. And this is contingent on Corey Davis being out if Corey Davis is in there's really no value on this slate it's a slate where you're playing some of the kickers and you're just punting all the way down but Keelan Cole Keelan Cole who should have had a touchdown last week if you saw that catch it basically should have been a touchdown they have to look at every single angle to see if the ball moves just barely an inch and rotates and they take it away from him I don't think they should have but he ran 37 routes last week leading to three catches 25 yards and four targets should have been about four catches 40 yards and a touchdown but touchdown was called back he averaged about 15 routes per week before that but with Corey Davis out he went to the outside he played ahead of Elijah Moore Keelan Cole for me is going to be a strong in-play player at this price tag. He's going to be a yes for me, assuming Corey Davis is out, because if you're going to run 25 to 30 routes and you're $2,400, yes, you are in play. You're basically getting the Zach Pascal role for $4,000 less. The exact same thing could be said about second-year player, second-round pick out of Baylor, uh, Denzel Mims, who's been struggling, who had food poisoning in preseason, who's been inactive for some of these games. Well, he comes out to give him a lot of opportunity, and at $2,000, he ran 39 routes, and it only led to two catches, 30 yards on three targets, and his only other target, he dropped the touchdown in the end zone. So I'm not shocked to see Denzel Mims actually see less work this week after just performing terribly last week and seeing Elijah Moore take a bump upward. Don't be shocked to see that. Like Elijah Moore performed well, Denzel Mims did not. Maybe now you start to move it up. Maybe Elijah Moore starts to run more routes. But with the information that we currently have, if you're going to get Denzel Mims running 20 to 30 plus routes in this offense, seeing a couple of targets at $2,000, I'm not going to put him as a yes. I prefer Keelan Cole. If again, all this is if Corey Davis is out, if Corey Davis is in, these guys take a big step down. They're in play barely, but they probably see only a couple targets. But if Corey Davis is out, I trust Keelan Cole to hold his role because he was actually productive on his limited opportunities last week in terms of targets, whereas Denzel Mims just honestly really wasn't, but Mims will remain in play. Ryan Griffin at $1,400. Uh, I'm personally just really not interested in playing Ryan Griffin. I don't think he runs that many routes. With Tyler Croft returning, he ended up seeing his routes drop. He's averaging 16 routes run per game. I think that drops a little bit lower. No real interest. Jeff Smith, I said he's my worst play in the slate because I only have him projected for like 0.4 points. He ran his first routes since like week three, ran 10 routes, caught a ball last week. He operated as the wide receiver six, literally six wide receivers saw action last week. Again, with the plays dropping, I don't think he'll really be in play. He'll run maybe, I mean, honestly, probably closer. I would say he runs zero routes before he runs 10 again. But even if he runs three or four routes in this game, you just have to hope that he doesn't score a touchdown on those. A guy that I think some people actually like this week and, and get to playing him will be Marlon Mack. For me, it's just going to be a no. I have Marlon Mack projected for 3.2 points. He might be traded by the time you're watching this video, so then obviously don't play him. And people are saying, oh, but they want to audition him for a trade. Well, the trade deadline is going to be up before this game, so that's not an argument anymore. But he's only had eight touches in the last three weeks. So how much are they really auditioning him? He had zero touches in week eight. I don't think that they really care about trade him all that much in my opinion i don't think that i mean obviously they would like to but they're not auditioning him for a trade he has not looked productive he's the clear running back three on this team and the running back one is jonathan taylor getting all the work so no interest there these next two players are actually in play akiki kute will operate as the wide receiver four assuming that we see similar to what we saw in week six when ty hilton missed in that game you only saw kite run five routes but he just kind of got with the team so now if kiki kute is going to have a little bit more practice time maybe he runs 15 routes he's been a productive player in his time with the titans then fallen off after injury since 
then. I'll say that he's in play, but just keep in mind, I only have him projected for like a point and a half. The guy that I do want to point out is Ashton Doolin. Ashton Doolin is going to operate as a clear wide receiver three. He did last time in week six when you saw T.Y. Hilton out. He ran 20 routes. He saw four targets, caught two balls for zero yards. And then he ran 13 routes and saw four more targets last week and caught none of them. So he has eight targets in his last two games and he's running the routes. So for a $200 player, you are rarely going to find a $200 player who has speed. He's basically just a speed guy downfield. So there's a really good chance that he has a zero in this game. There's a good chance he sees three targets. You're hoping that it's the Deshaun Jackson game of that one catch for 40 yards or one catch for 30 and a touchdown, something like that. But rarely at $200 will you see a guy get to run 20 plus routes. He is just a clear and obvious wide receiver three with Hilton, not only Hilton, but also Paris Campbell out. So if you're looking for a pump play on this slate, a pump play below $2,000, Ashton Doolin is going to be that guy. Just keep in mind, he is very boomer bust. This is no sure thing. I've been projected for 4.2 points, which is basically just saying that on one of his four targets in this game, he'll catch a 20 plus yard pass. Kylan Granson is their third string rookie tight end who they really do like, but again, he's not really running many routes so far this season. He only has four total catches for 20 two yards he is going to be a no for me so it's an interesting slate i mean the Corey davis news is pretty damn important at this point it'll kind of affect how how much in play keelan cole and denzel mims are but other than that i mean it is a a tough mid-range to get sorted out on this week the nice thing is that we have those cheap receivers ashton doolin hopefully keelan cole and denzel mims because it, it allows us to kind of just bypass this mid-range if we want to like mo alley cox is fifty two hundred dollars and i have him projecting out very similarly to a two hundred dollar ashton doolin which is crazy so all these guys are massively overpriced. I would say out of all these mid-range players that if I had to choose Zach Pascal at 6,600 would be the best from this 6K range to really the 4K range. After that, I mean, it's looking like the kickers in terms of who's actually uh, fairly priced for what their projection looks like. But that is where we are at on the Thursday night slate. Look, it's I honestly think this is a fun slate. It's a challenging slate in a good way. There's options in all different ranges. I think people will, as always, over-own a Jack Doyle and Mulally Cox, and they'll just pay the rake for us. But I'll be live at 6 p.m. East Coast time on Thursday to take your Q&As. Just we do the Q&A now before we talk about leverage and ownership and all that stuff. We have all the tools on Patreon if you're not already a member. 1,000-plus people, get on in down below. What are you waiting for? We had somebody just take down the last showdown slate, Monday Night Football. We had somebody take down over $100,000. He split it, I think, six ways with everybody else in the Millie Maker with one lineup for $15 using the tools. So get on in down below on Patreon. But thank you for tuning in. Before you go, hit the like and subscribe, and I'll see you all when I see you. I'll see you in the next one.